This is Everyday Photography Every Day, where you get to listen in on a chat between a photographer, that's me, and a regular human. That's me. With an eye on making your pictures amazing. No technical stuff, no talk of gear or software, just photography for the love of it. We're sponsored by Neomodern.com, bringing concierge photo printing and framing to everyone with a smartphone. I'm Suzanne Fritz Hansen, enthusiastic iPhone picture taker. And I'm Michael Rubin, photographer, founder of Neomodern, and grumpy old man, and we're in San Francisco tonight. Welcome. Hey, Suzanne. Hey, Rubin. How you doing? I'm, I'm doing well today. How it's, are you? It's, I like being in the gallery at night. I know. It's quiet. It's not really quiet. There's a, uh, you know, we should, should we ever acknowledge what goes on upstairs here? I almost don't want to mm. consult them, but it does sound like yoga for elephants. It's like, so Neomodern, uh, upstairs from Neomodern is a uh, yoga flow, a yoga place. Downstairs from Neomodern is a uh, Pilates, a Pilates place. Underneath so, us? Underneath us. There's more underneath. So it's underground. Kind like of. a fitness sandwich. I feel healthy just being here. <laughs> <laughs> <It's so bad. laughs> um, and it's fun to be at night, but like, yeah, the yoga place upstairs in the evenings, they are cranking. It doesn't feel like yoga is supposed to be, I don't know what yoga is supposed to be, but those guys are cranking music and they're pounding. Like, I don't know what's going on. I don't think I want to know what's going on. I don't know. I think you might want to know what's going on. It's the, I can feel the energy from up there. Anyway, it's power yoga, I guess. It sounds like fun. It sounds powerful. But maybe we'll, we'll slip up there later. Anyway, we have a great guest tonight. Okay, yeah. No, let's cut right <laughs> to our guest. So, you know, our guest tonight is a, an old friend of mine, Asa Mathat. And uh, Asa, uh, this is Suzanne, by the way. <laughs> Hi, Asa. Hey. Hello. Hello. So, Ace, I, uh, does anyone call you Ace? My nephew's named Asa, uh, and I call him Ace sometimes. Yeah. Yeah, actually, in high school, that was my nickname. But uh, just recently, somebody asked me if my name was short for anything. And I said, yeah, ASAP, but... But <laughs> <laughs> I'll have it to you even faster. Think of a hurry. <laughs> um, Ace, so, uh, so I'm, I don't know if I met you. I, I became aware of you, if maybe that's the right word. Years before I met you, you were photographing... When I first started going to the TED conferences in, in Monterey, you were there taking pictures. And I saw you, like you were omnipresent. You were in the front row. You were moving around, and, and ultimately, that's how I met you. I like that you said I first became aware of you. Like, what a cool way to be introduced. Like, you didn't know right. him. You're just like I was aware of you. For well, years. it's like your reputation <laughs> precedes you. Yeah, you no, know? I like it. Asa, how do you feel about that? <laughs> well, it's better than being upstairs in yoga, peeking through the windows. <laughs> True. <laughs> being defined that way. Um, uh, but you're like... The cops picked you up or something. Right, so. right. But you're almost like the consummate... I mean, you're a professional photographer, and you, uh, at least for the part of your work is getting these incredible... Um, projects where you're the photographer of these amazing events that I assume that's just a part of what you do but is that is that right is that how you started uh it's part well no no actually my background is starting fashion photography I was a talent scout when uh I started making money at 18 in San Francisco and uh, I was working with I'd find models on the street um, we'd shoot their books and then send them off to like at the time city models was really where we were, were sending most of our models. I'm sorry. Wait, finding models on the street. That is the unborderline creepy, right? No, I mean, yeah. for an 18 year old guy, I'm sure it was a dream job. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was both sexes and it was different ages and okay. it wasn't always like the hottest person. You know, the, the goal, you know, the incentive was, um, you know, you weren't trying to pick anyone up. You were trying to 
you know, sculpt and teach, and you know, not to you know, badmouth any particular places that were more like modeling schools, and I won't use any names, but uh, there were schools out there that cost a lot of money, and and they were really just taking anyone in and making them feel better by pointing a camera at them and teaching them how to, you know, pretend walk on a runway, and maybe you'd get a job, maybe you wouldn't, and uh, at the time, uh, you could you could go around that, and you could just go through a talent scout if you found one, or if one found you, and then there's still that way today. Uh, but at the time, so the, the talent scouting agency um, allowed me to, you know, keep one percent of the earnings for that model for one whole year. So we had every incentive to make the best portraits we could for these books and get them to the agencies and the agencies to sign because they, you know, it would be great when the books showed up at the modeling, you know, at the agency's desk and like, oh yeah, great, we want them definitely. So that was the whole. It was the whole thing. That's where I started, and then I moved to Milan after San Francisco and stayed for a short period of time and then came back uh, because a baby was along the way, and uh, we decided to, to come back to San Francisco, and I started shooting more corporate work um, because I didn't have to chase models around for measly fees. I could I could send an email to a corporation, and they would send me the nice check, you know, and they didn't work on weekends. <laughs> Wait, do they still right. do that? Is that 1% thing a thing? Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I, you know, when I went to Milan, I, I sort of got lost the pulse. I mean, I love shooting models. It was so much fun for the energy. It's just very, um, you know, no, uh, not trying to be funny, but there's just really no meat on those bones of uh, these models because it's, it's all just surface. You know, it's very shallow, and it is what it is. And, uh, and it, maybe this, is. I, I, I don't know. I think Instagram has taken a lot of uh, money away from models, and uh, um, so I, I don't know why not. I think if you. If you're an agent in any kind, you should get a little bit of money, but hmm. not not sure. Uh, so, so you started shooting. When was your first TED? Uh, it was the year that uh, Chris, ha- uh, excuse me, uh, when Richard handed it off to uh, to Chris Anderson. To Chris, yeah. That so that's two thousand three. First year, two thousand three or two thousand four, somewhere in that. Yeah, it was three, I think, and then um, yep, and I did three of them total, um, and. Uh, and since then, you know, I've done, uh, gosh, things that are really quiet. I'm not allowed to talk about. Uh-huh. They're really these small private events to things that, you know, you walk into a room and literally everyone at the table has been on the cover of Time Magazine type of thing. Really. And they're comparing their Nobel prizes and stuff. You <laughs> exactly. Know? Right. What types of so. photos do you take at that, and for whose benefit? Is it just posterity, or is it to give back to them? You know, uh, different people call me for different reasons. Most of the time, it's to document. If if it's, let's say it's, uh, um, you know, like a like like Fortune magazine, they have one for that's called um, Most Powerful Women, and you know, they they want to know who's been on stage, and they're obviously shooting video and capturing that, but. Every once in a while, uh, they'll get a shot that they really love, and it'll run in their magazine, or they'll send it as a thank you, as a gift. Uh, there's there's all kinds of, but I would say mostly, as I look back, you know, some of this stuff makes it into gorgeous books that end up in these speakers' hands, you know, or even art on their walls. I've I've seen, which is nice, like the uh, Code Conference, which used to be called the D Conference, which I've shot every year from the beginning. But it, in those. Some, some people use them more than others, and some don't show or share a single photo. I never see them reused ever. If they just go in a shoebox under marketing's desk or something, I don't it, know. But you know, the, the thing that's um, amazing. One of the things I was saying to Suzanne earlier about your work was when you go and photograph at TED, or I see you more now at EG. But when you're photographing at a conference like EG, and you're tasked with uh, shooting the speakers or shooting the people there. Like a lesser photographer is going to shoot that, and it's going to feel like a bunch of yearbook photos. And your picture, you manage 
every time you're shooting, you know, 50 or 100 people, every picture feels personal. Everything seems different. You bring you bring your full game to everything you're doing there. There's and a level of creativity that goes beyond just a capture. It's unbelievable. And I, I mean, I don't know how you keep coming up with it. It's a, spe- it's a special art to be able to photograph 80 amazing people and not have all those pictures look like you just like said, sit down and I'll snap a picture and then next, you know? Uh, well, thank you. I, at this last EG that you saw me, I, I opened it up and I thought, yeah, I'll, I'll really push myself because each year I just want to push more and more. And EG is where um, Michael Hawley allows me to just get more and more creative from the from when I built a 16-foot um, uh, kaleidoscope and covered myself in mylar and popped a hole in the mylar sheet that I built. So when you went inside of the three mirrors and you closed them all off, all you saw is yourself not me because I was a piece of mylar so I was reflecting myself and then and then everyone in there so I was from that all the way to these other things I, I mean I try to go really crazy fun uh, and push myself and each year I want to do more so this year I thought okay put me in a sandbox right in the lobby of EG and we shot 186 people it's it's my record in two and a half days and it took one entire month to edit those uh, so I had my um, my partner working on it for one whole month to get those finished so That's it is amazing. hard um, and it was nice to hear different people like yourself say gosh how do you bring the energy um, and I just think like how would I how would I want to be photographed and so I actually stop calm down just look right into people's eyes and, and take a moment and listen to what they have to say and it's probably like um, the way that you would do improv and comedy I listen to a few things ask them a few questions and if we have prop so we play with those, and if Would we you don't, ask them? Um, well, uh, yeah, I, so I've been to, I've shot every one of the EGs, but I've only seen one of them. Uh, people are always so excited that I get to shoot and see these events. But it's like, I, I don't, I don't hear. You're working. That's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, you're working the, the show. Thing I hear, yeah, the only thing I hear, like you know, let's say it's Bill Gates or something. All I hear is. Dude, could you lean over on your left butt cheek and gesture with your right hand? That's all I hear. My, is my head talking to me, and then I wait for it. I'm like, oh, could you flail a little bit more with that wrist? That's what I hear. And then, you know, it's like stop pivoting or stop. Okay, look this way. That'd be great. And that's all I hear is me talking to myself, hoping he'll do what I say. But, but no, I, I don't hear anybody on stage. I take away. What I do hear is the sense if they're really good at um, storytelling or telling jokes. I have two settings on the camera, stage and audience, and if they're good at telling jokes, just like Wimbledon, I, I, I wait for it, and then I shoot the audience as they laugh, but usually most A-level speakers aren't laughing at their own jokes, um, so you have to go back and to collect their expression after they've delivered, so it's a back and forth thing, so mm-hmm. I don't hear really much of what they're saying in content, I'm just hearing the 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 energy, if you will. I don't. I honestly don't listen because it allows my acuity of my eyes to go up if I don't use my ears. I mean, when I'm shooting people, I'm doing the same thing. I'm talking to them, I'm getting to know them, letting them emote. But I don't know that I could do it for a hundred people in a row. Like I give it all to somebody and I'm tapped out. And I can't believe you. Okay, I'll stop fawning. It's just it's amazing that you keep doing this. The current was it at EG this year? I don't know what the pictures I saw that you had combined sort of a front shot with a silhouette. Oh yeah, I started doing, what we there. you can look them up, I didn't invent it, I just really like it. Um, some of my favorite painters are Dolly and uh, Picasso. So I was saw something called a bi-directional portrait, which it's really a Photoshop trick, it's not really a, a photo trick. It's you shoot two directions of the face and then combine them in Photoshop. And most of the work you've seen 
me do. It's not. I'm not anti Photoshop in any way. I just try to get it in in the can, as they say. But um, I'll use it if if needed, and I tweak it. You know, color, contrast, saturation, sharpness. But I I rarely move a pixel from one area to another, and it's for for no other reason because I just don't find it necessary. My hope mm-hmm. is I can get it without doing that. Uh, but when I do, sure, I'll use it. It's just a tool to me. But yeah, these bidirectional portraits I was doing as a fundraiser uh, for my charity for at, at the TED Vintage uh, conference. That oh, I wanted to go to that. I can't, I'm so bummed. It was when I was out of town and I was looking forward to like seeing old the oldsters. And so, well, yeah. I, I have two questions actually, though. So it's a double exposure, or you're just take you're taking two photos and combining them in Photoshop. Correct, the latter. The latter, okay. It's two photos. And and so what I've learned just from the few that I've done is how to make them even freakier because if you had the person, and I'm assuming I haven't done it yet, but I'm thinking like if I have the person looking around, up, down, left, right, that kind of thing, um, it would be a much, much more, because I send these off to, I, I have a retoucher in Paris who does these, and he takes about an hour because I really want that alignment really good. I want those pores aligned. I want this really sharp because it's pretty interesting because you have to get you have to get creative on how the profile runs down the face yeah. mm-hmm. uh, or, or I think it's kind of a failed shot. But, but uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's a little creepy. It's a little bit, uh, you know, like uh, Dolly had a camera and he played around. <laughs> I mean, you can't. I don't think you can look at like a book of them. It would be kind of weird. But to yeah. see one of them is you know, always interesting to me. I, it, I find them fascinating. Yeah, I really like to see everyone's face. It's kind of like that vision test. It was like, wasn't it a Danish um, Danish psychologist came up with? Do you oh. see the two faces or oh. do you see the face? Yes. It's kind of it's yes. kind of like that thinking. Right, <laughs> right, right. Someone someone reminded me of a an old woman and a young woman. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. That's yes. Kind of what a, yeah, yeah. It's what like that. First? Exactly. And so you mentioned a charity. What is your what yeah. Is charity? Yeah. Why don't you talk a little bit about it? Because I know one other thing. You and I reconnected the other day, and we're talking about this. And it was it was one of the reasons I called you to be on the show because it uh, you're you're doing some really cool stuff these days. So I'd like to why don't you tell everyone what you're doing? Yeah. Well, thanks. I'm uh, really really proud of it. It's my passion project. It's all I intend to be doing uh, going forward and connecting this to everything else that I'm doing. Um, and since I'm not a stranger to a, a, a rough upbringing, if you will, I'm no stranger to some of the things that I'll, and this is my give back project, if you will. So it's a school and it's, uh, it's supposed to be a hundred percent in the way of, um, self-sufficient and self-sustaining, but it's called camp enlightenment. And it's based on Maslow's hierarchy of needs. If you give someone food and shelter and, and creativity, hopefully they will pop out the top. So it's for homeless LGBTQ and foster youth. Um, and, the, and the idea is to have a 24-7, one-year program where uh, starting with two kids, I know I can manage that, they come in and they learn from a long list of some of the best photographers in the world that have already signed up. And cool. then they come – Then so either that photographer visited us at the school um, or we go visit them on, uh, on site. And then we come back and then these – to have to over the course of a year have to teach 22 other kids what they've learned and every month they get to see a new a great photographer like like a Franz Lanting or, or um, a Brian Austin of these people um, or you know Carol Guzzi a uh, five-time Pulitzer Prize winner or mm-hmm. Greg, Greg Gorman who's a celebrity and uh, a thought leader photographer in LA but these these people are very uh, express some interest in helping out and so if you imagine if you will the, the perfect spot would be a 10-acre horse ranch uh, just north of Half Moon Bay, on the other, just not outside of San Francisco, if you're not familiar with that, and uh, just north of Half Moon Bay, there's a little town uh, that I, that I like called uh, Moss Beach, 
It's got 400 Lost people living there. Yep. I was there this exactly. morning. Coming <laughs> up for coast. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. So up in those hills, there's still a few horse ranches, and it would be great to uh, to get a 10 acre horse ranch, turn the barn into a studio, and put some tiny homes on there for the kids. And uh, it's 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 really my dream. It's my passion project. That's I've been spending uh, four years thinking about it. And over the last year, I moved up to a little town called Coloma, which is near. Uh, Lake Tahoe, and it's actually closer to what town called Placerville. It's where gold was discovered. It's a it's a park, and so I've been writing the curriculum for the last year. And uh, my intention is to come back and do more fundraising, and you know find a way to make this you know really happen. So that's so exciting. Do you have a Kickstarter already started? We can put a link in our show notes. Uh, I How are you funding this Kickstarter? Well, right now I'm I'm it's. I have a student or two, so and they come along on set when I do shooting. So it allows me to, let's say, for example, I have some quiet shoots that I'm doing for Google coming up, and so instead of them uh, paying, you know, me like they used to, uh, they're going to pay me as a donation, uh, and that's that's totally um, in their um, corporate social responsibility, and it's you know everyone feels good because everyone gets to learn and they get they get the best uh, photography and feel good about it at the same time. So. Um, so that's currently, I have some people giving me donations uh, here and there, which is nice. And then uh, eventually it's going to, I need to have a grant writer help me and get some bigger numbers coming in. And uh, and from one of the conferences, uh, it's when Bill Gates and Steve Jobs came together for one interview that they had in, I think, what, 27 years. Mm-hmm. They were on stage for uh, 45 minutes. And yeah. for about uh, 43 of those minutes, they were great. And But for about two minutes, they weren't great. And uh, I have one photo that I've been holding on to that I want to sell um, in a special way to hopefully be a, kind of a seed round, if you will, to buy the property and the, and the barn and things like that. So, Wow. I, I'd like to see that picture. It <laughs> <laughs> sounds really cool. Uh, did, you, uh, did you have a rough upbringing? Like what connected yeah. you to this? Yeah, um, probably more than I should. You know, oh, I'm, I'm not I'm, in private. I'm happy to express any of the great details, but uh, it is definitely, uh, if you know about ACE scores, if you haven't, you should look up, everyone should know their own ACEA score, and find out about themselves and work on that, so yeah, I, I did, uh, you know, there were some, a lot of good things, but there was uh, quite a lot of bad things, and uh, it's it's made me think at that particular time in my life when, when I had uh, a, a bit of homelessness and uh, abuse going on, for myself, I thought, gosh, I didn't really want to be on this world, you know, if it was going to treat me this way. And I thought, gosh, if I would have just had me and my, my as I am now, reach out, how much better I could have been. So that's mm-hmm. kind of my goal is to find kids in those same situations about the same age. And I'm not trying to make great photographers. I'm trying to make great human beings. This is just the way I know how to do it. Um, so if they turn out that after a year of working with me and uh, in a George Lucas puts his arms around him and go, no, I want him. And, and they're like, well, that's great, but I want to be a chef or something because we photographed a chef. My hope is that uh, when I go to their restaurant, they'll have amazing photographs on the walls. <laughs> <laughs> that's, 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 my, that's my dream is really to just make better human beings. So, and, uh, and so from that upbringing, and you said you started young taking these pictures, what got you into taking pictures in the first place? Ah, wow. Massive insecurity and um, a lot of thinking that if I was into modeling, you know, people would like me more and I'd be more accepted and things like that. So 
thankfully, um, I was too short. Five foot nine is too short to be a male model, and I was sent on a go see to prove that Damn. by the guy who, uh, yeah, yeah. Sorry, Ruben. Okay. I know. Dash my dreams. <laughs> Fine. Yeah, the the only thing more embarrassing uh, than uh, being just told right out by a by a talent scout, you're just too short, kid, is when they send you on a go see. And everyone in the room is like six four, and they're just muscles falling off their bodies. And, and I went on this go see, and it was like in the eighties, and it was when Got Milk. And I ran out in the hallway and did a bunch of push ups, thinking it was going to help. And uh, get back in line, and that's when they had Polaroids, and they shot my shot me holding this glass of milk. And, and I, you know, they they staple this uh, this Polaroid to my paperwork, and then they're like, "Hey, kid, drop that off over there." So as I drop it. On top of the stack of paperwork, the guy who got the job, his name was Brian Bazzini. He's like, he looks like an Australian lifeguard. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I and I dropped my photo on top of his, and it I just looked like Chicken Little next to that guy. And I just I went back to this place um, that my my mentor, my only mentor really, his name is Martin Ryder, and he's an amazing photographer. And I owe all of this, uh, you know, the talent scouting, and then the his his kind and gentle, but very uh, flamboyant, if you will. He was 6'4". Uh, yeah, I think he still is 6'4". <laughs> uh, but he uh, he just kind of asked me, he's like, so how'd that work out for you? <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. So, so the reason uh, what happened was uh, he was looking through my book because uh, I thought I was all that with my, my, my portfolio of really very mediocre photos, but he saw a few in there. He's like, these are really great. He's like, who took these? And I thought, oh, I don't want to be that... I don't want to sound like I'm that cheapskate, right? Because photographers are expensive. And, uh, and you take in everything. I, I put it on a tripod or had someone hold the camera. <laughs> those were the shots that he liked the most. Yeah. And and they were none of them were the ones that were paid for. And all the other ones from the modeling schools that I thought, oh, no, these guys know what they're talking about. You don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so, yeah, sure enough, he's like, okay, kid, you'll, you'll never cut it as a model. But if you want to do some photography... You know, uh, I'll give you one shot, and uh, sure enough, it worked out, and that was it. That was it. All happened right there in uh, in the Fillmore at seven hundred six Oak Street, right there in the middle of Wow at the time. So it was seven hundred six Oak Street is not far from where my father was born. Just in case, a little oh. piece of trivia for you there. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. Um, yeah. So so I've seen a lot of your corporate work, your inst- and even some of the modeling stuff that you've shot. What do you do when you're not doing the work stuff like what's what is your passion in photography you know uh i've often wondered like what do i love to do because i you know i live up right now i live 45 minutes from a ski run or you know or an hour from the lake in lake tahoe where i can do a lot of things and i get to travel and 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 i often find an apple my apple folder will prove that about almost eighty thousand photos in just my apple uh catalog my phone that I I just love chasing light around I'm, I'm that crazy kind of guy in the sense that I'm <laughs> that's my hobby it's my passion it's I, I can't stop noticing uh, light but but what I'm passionate mostly about is 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 I'm just on that search for kindness and kind people and uh, building a, a team of people around me that uh, that just wants to share goodness in this world I mean that's I care more about that I mean I I care um, more about that than I do being a great photographer. Um, wow, that's really nice. Makes me feel lousy about myself. <laughs> <laughs> I care more about the pictures, I think. No, but I, lo- I love the idea that it's like this is something that you love doing and you get to share it. And I think just, I don't know, the goal of making more 
people that are just better people out in the world is 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 awesome. It's really admirable. Uh, well, thank you. I when I think about photography, it's just one way to express yourself, right? And and it, I I think every artist, from my perspective, is, and I would say this to you know my students, is that you have an absolute obligation to share uh, what you see because there are so many people they cannot see what you do. It's invisible to them. They, it's mm-hmm. literally not there. And it's amazing when I can go on a photo walk with a bunch of people. And this is how I do my, my classes. I take everyone out to one spot and we all have to do some pictures within that little X, right? And uh, to get all those versions back, it's so nice. It's it's more about sharing in that vision. And, and I used to think very competitively, like, oh, I'm better or I want to be, you know, beat or better and all that. But no, like, no, it's because no one is going to have your vision. And guess what? Your photos are going to suck one day compared to theirs and theirs will suck to, compared to yours. By what standards, you know, maybe National Geographic standards, but that was just where you were at that moment in your life. And, you know, you can look back through a lot of photographers and see what a mood they were feeling at that particular time, just like a musician who had a breakup. You know, they're the best albums they ever make, you know, and so some some photographers are that way as well, I think. Is there a place that you've been or traveled to that sort of helped you really, um, I don't know, cement how you learned to see? Ooh, you know, um, cement, I, I'm constantly seeing new places, um, but there hasn't been, I mean, I've been lucky enough to travel to most of uh, Europe. I've lived in... Uh, about 38 houses in my life. I travel and and move around a lot because it's just, it's constantly updating your brain when you, when you move around. Mm -hmm. And, and I don't know that there's any, I mean, I live near Lake Tahoe for a reason because it's very peaceful and quiet, but my next move would be back down to Moss Beach. And and in that sense, if you've never walked the cliffs uh, by where you guys were at the distillery or down towards Mavericks, Mm -hmm. it's so peaceful. There's nobody out there on those bluffs all the way down through Half Moon Bay. And so, but, but it isn't the most beautiful photography. Uh, it can be, but I, I think the most interesting photography uh, to keep you on your toes is Manhattan. There's so much energy there. You have to stay on your toes. And probably one of the hardest jobs in the world is photojournalism because you, all you get to do is respond. It's like a batting cage. That's it. You <laughs> fling them at you. What a, you, what a you better, metaphor. It is. I like that. What, what, um, That's it. Yeah. Hey, Ace, what's on your walls? Do you have pictures up? Uh, that's funny. I just pointed to a friend of mine on FaceTime. I have that photo of Gates and Jobs uh-huh. up uh, as a reminder. That's how it's going to, you know, hopefully help out. And then I have a. Um, I, I, so again, that's photojournalism, right? I didn't get to control any of that. I just had to wait for that ball to come right in, and I had to hit it right. But on the other wall. It's a, it's a small cabin on purpose. It's very Walden-esque for me to be up here. Um, and so on that other wall, so I have that second one, I have um, so I have four photos hanging. So, uh, no, five, sorry. On the other wall, I have a, a series of about 280-something layers of a, uh, of a piece that I put together called Dolly's Dream. And I spent time, and I, I pr- forget to pronounce it properly, Port Lagat. And um, it, just outside of Barcelona, where Dolly's house is, and, and he was, um, I think it's Figuras, if, if I'm not mistaken, where his, um, where his final resting place is. So, and I spent a week there just seeing his house and seeing all these things. So it's a, it's a whole bunch of those images put together. And if he had a dream, what would it be like inside of his head? And so that's, <laughs> that's what I put together. And then on another wall, I have um, 
my breast cancer project called uh, Big Pink Ribbon, and that's where um, 125 women are wrapped up in a pink sheet laying out on Chrissy Field under the Golden Gate Bridge, and I shot it from a crane. Um, that's to remind me to work on that part of my charity still. And then above my bed, in my bedroom, I have some very awesome, alluring photographs of, of uh, some beautiful women that, uh, that I photographed over my lifetime. So, uh, and then the last one is I'm exiting the door. It's a smaller eight by 10, because there's not a lot of room. And it's of a gorilla that had just come out of the bushes watching me photograph his 23, it's a silverback. It's, I was photographing his family, babies and wives and, and uh, 23 other uh, gorillas and he came up brushed up against me right up against me Whoa. as he walked over to them yeah so all i heard was the guide whispering don't move <laughs> <laughs> you like is that the okay. voice in my head or is that the guy <laughs> oh oh the voice in my head was the grunting noise of this giant he's oh, boy do they smell bad and they you know they wired this wiry hair as he went across me just to show me who was in charge so all of those are hanging up as my visual reminders on my direction and what i want are there photographers, uh, maybe they're not on your walls, but who inspired you, like as photographers? Any particular, Ooh. not just the artists, but what, any particular photographs that have like really stuck with you? Well, luckily enough, uh, Michael Kenna, who's an awesome, you know, like he, he, his work really inspired me early on just for spaces. Mm -hmm. um, but I think my favorite photographer in the world is a guy who doesn't really shoot much and he, uh, I can barely hear anything about him and his name is Philip Dixon. He, he was a, uh, early uh, early through late 80s and he was a fashion photographer and I just loved the way he approached printing and the way he would make the models uh, get inspired and do what he wanted. It, it, it seemed like, you know, he was there for days with them shooting and it was just way better than the 10 or 15 minutes you get with these fancy people in entourages these days. But but my, but my as as uh, we, we have a mutual friend, uh, um, Elliot, um, because he's got that that kissing picture in Malibu, and that is one of my all-time favorite. I'm such a romantic, you know. I'm such a sappy guy, and I love that romantic kissing picture in the window. Do, do you have that? Yeah. The, or, uh, in fact, we're looking at it right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. See from here. Yeah. Yeah. I saw that on his wall. I went to his studio once, and uh, with and uh, I wanted to do a portrait of him, and he showed off. And it was really funny because. Uh, we, he, he's got all of this space and this beautiful studio right there in, in Manhattan, right on the, the park, looking over the whole thing. And if I remember it correctly, the story goes, all of this was purchased because of copyright infringement. <laughs> 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 uh, that's inspiring. Okay. okay. You photographed Irwin at his apartment? Yeah. I, oh, and God. actually, one year, one year for the New York Times uh, at EG. And uh, sure enough, uh, I had him pick up the Venus. Remember, we shot yeah. we shot these beautiful paintings. Art.com had uh, given us these high-res files, and we were able to separate them. So like Venus, you know, the birth of Venus. So we, yeah. we had her, and then we sampled what her background was, put it behind her. And so you got to stand there on the shell and hold Venus however you wanted. You could dance with her or whatever. Well, Elliot picked her. He picked her up like a surfboard and stuck his finger in his nose. <laughs> that's, that's very perfect. I have a serious question. If you could describe your work um, in one word, or your photography in one word, what word would you choose? Ah. Uh, uh, I know it might sound trite. If I only get one, I would say passion. I think uh, that's, that's it. Passion, yeah. Mm, I like I had only one word because it it 
Yeah, because no matter what I'm doing, I feel giddy like a yeah. child. It's like, like so maybe maybe more kid like I don't I don't know. Uh, you are very kid like. No, I I've known you for a little while, and I think being kid like is very much you. You <laughs> always feel you feel like like a teenager to me. Okay. I mean, you know so. Yeah. I, I hope that doesn't sound condescending. You're like it's Not that really. exuberance of youth that you seem to embrace and embody. Right. Authenticity, yeah. excitement. Yeah. Can, yeah. can you describe the moment or what it feels like that you said you get giddy um, of when you take a photo that you really think is going to be a good one? Ooh, you know, um, the nice thing about not having as much shutter lag in these cameras is that you, it's, it is almost like a, a pitch, you know, like, I, and I'm not even into sports, but I just liken it to like, you know, when the swing right when that contact is going to happen, you can see the buildup in the face, um, for those kind of things. Or when you absolutely know you have tricked somebody, you know, it's that, it's that moment where you are just going to peak and it's going to get it right then. And you're just, it's just so lovely when, uh, <laughs> uh because well, I like to do a, a technique where I take my assistant and I have them do a bunch of uh, words on an iPad above my head and I point it at the, at the subject and then it just rotates through. I have no idea what it says. We put some things in there before about like, you know, there's, there could be a picture, there could be a quote, there could be just a, you know, make this face or it could, you know, it's all kinds of things that that person looks at and they don't look at me anymore. They're just so fixated by you know, that they have some kind of instruction. Yeah. Wow. That, what a great uh, idea. It, it, yeah. It makes, you do that all the time? You have like this thing above your head? That, 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 not, yeah. Only for people who are, I always say, when I, when I meet people, I always like to say, so I can tell you're, you're, you get paid to listen, right? Because they're so fixated on not wanting to do anything wrong and making sure everything I say is right, you know, and they're going to do that in response. And I tell them, you know, stop, stop, you know, <laughs> stop doing that. And instead, just hear my voice. You know, don't listen to me. Just hear me. Just in the back of your mind. And and uh, so I was, if it's a corporate headshot, which I love doing, because most of these people get so little attention. And I have what I call a very high GSF, give a shit factor. I really care. I really get in there. And I really want them to look as good as they can. And I, and like, tell them, hey, cone of silence, for the next five minutes, if we can be best friends, I'm going to give you crap. I hope you give me crap. And we're going to make an amazing photo. And in that... You know, I, I work them, I bend them, I twist them, and usually by the time they're done, they're like, wow, that, that, that was a great experience. And, and it's just because I care more about that than I do say the final outcome. But the final outcome is going to be amazing because of that prep work yeah. that you do. Because you when they, them. Yeah. yeah. They feel trusted. And so. Well, uh, I, I think that's yeah. so much of like when you're getting your picture taken, especially for like a corporate headshot, just having someone give you instruction and I feel like you're their, I don't know, trusted mirror in a way that you're like, I'm looking at you. I will make sure that there's not spinach in your teeth, that your hair is fine. <laughs> you will look great. And to, to be giving them that direction to kind of like work through those movements, that's what people need, especially someone who's not a normal you model. Know, you, you actually hire photographers. I do hire photographers. Yeah. yeah. And so it's like the same, it's the thing of like, if you're trying to get someone to work with people to get that emotion, it, they need direction. But then conversely too is what's so great about your work is you're able to capture those like really human moments, those really like, those great engagements of people being present, whether it's with each other or, you know, on stage, but you bring a level of creativity that's not just an observation. You And you also get in close enough, which is I think something that really differentiates you from other 
just like, I, mean, I don't even want to categorize you as like just an event photographer because you're not, but I mean, other people that may be photographing events is I think the amateur mistake is they're too nervous. They, they don't have a high enough give a shit factor <laughs> to get in <laughs> and to invest in the people that they're taking pictures of. They just are, they're too far back. They're, you know, taking like, okay, this is, this is everything. This is what happened. This is where it is. Instead of, you know, I'm in your yeah. face. Yeah, this yeah. is what happened. Right. Yeah, it's 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 true as far as the events go, because I do love shooting events, especially really high end ones, because when you get these people here that are like I got to shoot a Warren Buffett's Christmas card one year uh, through an event. It was really cool. <laughs> but, but it's because I absolutely treat everyone exactly the same. I don't believe in idolatry in any way. I find no one. Uh, everyone gets the same respect from me until they give me a reason not to give them anymore. So it goes that way instead, right? So I don't, I don't look up to anybody just because they have, you know, a balance sheet or you know that they built some kind of bank or you know, a big company. Who cares? Right. I always just, you know, ask them, you know, if you're a nice person or not. That's the only thing I care about. And I'll know. I'll know. You, you can't, you can't bullshit somebody who's pointing a camera at their, you know, yeah. that's if that's your job is it being a bullshit detector. And basically, the way I look at it is like. All I'm doing is waiting for you to get rid of all that crap that you're sending my way until something good comes my way. That's it. That's I'm just waiting right. for that perfect pitch, right? Like, nope, that yeah. still sucks. That sucks too. And you've oh. done a lot of batting practice, so you're it's, ready. Yeah, I love this yeah. baseball <laughs> metaphor. I'm completely not a sports person either, but I'm, I feel it. I feel like, you know, you're right. It is like a pitch and like smack. Like, but it's also yeah. all the training that goes into it. I think the metaphor is so perfect in that sense that mm -hmm. it's all the training that you do. So when you're in the actual moment, you just have, it's you, just, know. Yeah. You, you're, you know, your system reacts. Hey, I, I, I'm curious. That, so you're shooting digitally most of the time. Is that right? Yep. These days? Uh, do you I shoot? haven't shot film in, I mean, I have an old Polaroid 110, uh, a camera that had a 6.6, uh, six, six, you know, series back converted onto the back of it but i haven't played with it in a while but so you're shooting digitally do you would you say you shoot a, a ton you should like to get those pictures are you shooting a lot yeah i, I it's funny i was she's just photographing michael hawley in cambridge uh this i time. love the picture by the way the yeah. picture of the of, of everybody from the top down with the piano is adorable oh <laughs> is that this year at eg yeah, no, he we went to his house this week and it's oh. like, it's a beautiful, yeah. everyone, the Tycho, they're like playing the piano, playing on the piano and his parents are on either side. It's okay. really cute. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that was really, so Michael, you know, reminded me that I have a heavier thumb than he does, even though I don't know what part of the camera he touches with his thumb. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, really. I think, I think he meant to figure whatever, but uh, yeah, I, I tend to shoot in bursts because um, I, I, I do it for a couple of reasons. When I'm, when shooting for an event, um, in these high-end events, I always think of the last person to ever see the image is going to be some intern that's working for a marketing department. And so if the hand is over on the left side and then it goes to the right side, his job is to make something great happen you know, next year or something. And I think like if I was sitting down looking through a folder of photos, I would much rather have a few more than a few, few, few. Yeah. And, uh, and that's, that's why I do shoot in bursts. But there are times when you absolutely know, we don't, we don't need to shoot, you know, more than a couple here and there. You can, you can get it right away. And it's like a Clint Eastwood one and done thing. Uh -huh. I do just like, why not gild the lily? Why not come up with something that, that could be just a little bit more? Because in my career, I've been so lucky. I've only had to cancel two shoots Based on the lack of performance, or or something that came up with the with the sitter, uh, one one was uh, the guy was just uh, he couldn't get through his you know serious bad day kind of type of impression, and I told him there's I can't fake this in any way. And then the other was a, a woman her her makeup was so bad 
that I'm like, I, listen, I you didn't know this, but we've been shooting and I lit you three different ways so far. And, uh, you know, there's no getting around that makeup. And <laughs> what did you do? Did you have, like, someone else come do her makeup? Or, like, did she fix it? Or was it just, like, I'm canceling? Uh, like, your face is not going to do it. Yeah, no, like, oh, my God. It, well, I, get, I, get, I, well, I won't say her name, of course. But, uh, but it was in, in um, at Stanford Mall, I think there's, and I won't say their name, there's a, there's a place where people go and they, you know, they get dolled up in the spa-like and they do makeup there too. And, but it's for like, you know, 80-year-old women that, that live in Atherton, right? That's a totally different look than the person who was in front of my camera. And so I had to ask him like, so why'd you pick this place? And, uh, and uh, she's like, well, I hear it's really good. And I thought, yeah, maybe for wrong. theater. <laughs> for theater. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not... Yeah, she was she was a younger uh, female startup, and it was like, wow, that's just so. Anyway, that was the only two I've had to to cancel. Um, but but for the most part, I'll just I'll keep trying. I will keep going until you know. I always say like, I'm not here to impress you. I'm here to impress me. And as a byproduct, I hope like you're going to be impressed. But I won't. <laughs> and and anytime anyone has ever sat down and had to do edit my work. They learn very fast that the best photo is the last photo. They yeah. go to the end of the end of the shoot, and then they start with that, and then they work the other way. Just Isn't like it? I, do. I mean, uh, I think it's sort of like why is every time I look for something, it's always in the last place I look. It's like because you're done, <laughs> yeah. right? That's how you know you're done because you got that picture. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm like you can leave now. No, it's totally fine. It's uh, you know you know you've got it, and uh, you know sometimes I I don't know I, I think I wanted to share this with you because I was you know, hanging out with you guys not long ago. I wanted to share the story because people ask um about insightfulness and do you, some days you get luckier than others and uh there's this i was shooting this thing for a bunch of uh federal um judges and ip litigators all female all top of their their um class out in dc and a really um, a well-known um tech company um general counsel came through and she just looked you know so down and i thought oh wow this is going to be rough uh, but I didn't say anything. And so I told her, we can do this shot like you thought when you came in here, or um, you can come back in about 30 minutes and we'll have the best shot ever. And she said, well, of course I want the best shot ever. And so I said, so, and this was just guessing, but it just felt right. I said, so whoever is talking to you and telling you those things about yourself, please stop listening to them because they are totally wrong. And I, I hit it just right on the mark and she just teared up and just, and she just came over and she just kind of leaned in and gave me a hug. And I said, that's why it's going to take 30 minutes to fix that makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see you in 30 minutes. So she came back. She felt seen. She had a great time. We shot some awesome shots. That was not the same woman, you know, that, that I saw the first time. And she just floated off the set. It was so beautiful. Wow. What that's a great. great. How did you know? Was it just something that you could just kind of read it on her face? Or how like how did you know to say that? Had you ever said that you before? Know, no, I'd never said it before. Um, I've seen things that I can only – well, my sense is that when, you, when you're in the reading faces business – there's only, there's certain faces where you are being well unfortunately as I was you know abused for years so you can read I've had a bad day you can read someone stole my bike my cat died I mean you can read different faces but there's one face there's only one face when I mean to me that I can really spot and maybe it's because I saw it in the mirror a lot is when someone abuses you it's there you it's worth it's it's the idea of being enough it's it's and when you see it. Maybe it's just, it just, you sense it. They're like, oh, I remember that. I remember that face. And so, I don't know. That's my guess. 
Hey, but it was really clear. What a beautiful story. Just, uh, just uh, stop there for a second. But also that you're sharing something so personal, but being able to help someone else out of a personal piece of pain, like that's that's really beautiful. I don't usually expect that from the photographers. That's great. Oh, thanks. Nice. Ace, we could talk for afternoon, we like we did the other day, but I think we should wrap up and just have you back okay. another time. I know. You'll have to come back for another show. Yay. Yay. <laughs> Yay. All right, Suzanne, let's wrap it up. All right. Well, massive thank you to Asa. You were a phenomenal guest. I loved hearing all your stories. And thank you so much for spending your time with us. Our show is recorded and produced in San Francisco. Go to neomodern.com slash podcast to get show notes, see photos, and post comments. Please leave reviews and ratings on iTunes, and don't forget to subscribe. We get new listeners from you telling your friends and spreading the word. If you know someone who might get something from us, please send them a link. Thank you to Asa Mathat for joining us today, to HD Buttercup and Fully for our amazing studio, and Mitchell Foreman for our theme music, and all of you for hanging out with us. We appreciate your attention and hope we've given you some things to think about until next time.